love the outdoors, love nature. I'm a vegan, of course. Slowly working towards full vegan vegan. Hi, this is Joni Marie Newman, and I will be your driver for this evening. So hop on in, buckle up, and get ready for a crazy ride. You're listening to Vegan Road Rants. Hi, welcome to the very first of what I hope to be many episodes of Vegan Road Rants. My name is Joni Marie Newman. I am a cookbook author and food blogger, and I decided to start this podcast because my blog, justthefood.com, is all about vegan food. My cookbooks, of course, are all about vegan food, but there's so much more to veganism. There is the social aspect of being vegan. There's the animal rights aspect of being vegan. There's a whole vegan community out there that gets together and has vegetarian food festivals and beer festivals and so much fun stuff to do as a vegan within the vegan community, all while spreading the message of compassion. And I don't get to talk about that stuff so much in my cookbooks and on my blog. So I thought I would start this podcast The reason it's called Vegan Road Ramps is because as of right now, it takes me about an hour to drive to work. Uh, I spend a lot of time in the car, not only when I'm driving to work, but also when I'm going to events or going to visit my family, just driving around in general. I spend a lot of time in the car and I figured I should use that time to do something productive. So this idea was born in early 2013 and I started recording segments and now I'm ready to put them all together into a podcast and hopefully you guys enjoy it. I am looking forward to sharing interviews with you, uh, rants and raves about vegan products, thoughts about what's going on in the world of veganism, animal rights, all kinds of fun stuff. So hopefully you will enjoy it and hopefully i will have many episodes to share with you my goal is to have this very first episode out right before thanksgiving and then i hope to have a uh, new episode every two weeks i got a big mouth and i like to talk so that's what i'm doing here and i'm glad that you tuned in and i'm super excited to have you uh hopefully i'm not boring you to death already and here we go episode one Vegan Road Rants. Thanks. So, let's get right into it. Eating for your health versus ethical veganism. Um, I think that both segments of the vegan population need to get along. Um, We are only less than 5% of the population to begin with. I don't even think we're 5%. Maybe 2% of the population are vegan in this world. And at that tiny of a number, we need to flip and get along with each other. Um, There is a lot of backlash against the plant eaters from the ethical vegans. And there is a lot of hate towards ethical vegans from the plant-based eating for your health eaters. And really, I don't get it. I mean, I know that there is a huge 
huge, almost cult-like following for the Dr. Furmans and the Esselsteins, where they talk about a no-oil, low-fat, no-sugar, no-flour type diet. Um, And I get that. And there's a place in this world for that. I know many people who have really improved their health, lost a ton of weight, got off medications, all based on following this type of diet. And I get that. It's important. It's necessary. But I also know that there are many, many reasons that people give up meat and give up dairy and give up all animal uh, products in their life. And for me personally, I am an ethical vegan, first and foremost, no matter what. Um, Any health benefits I've gotten from becoming vegan are simply a bonus to the fact that I'm not killing anybody to eat my dinner. Um, So I think it's important to open the lines of communication. And one of the ways that I'm personally doing that is I am writing a book with a SOS eater, Um, if you guys have ever heard that term, SOS, no salt, no oil, no sugar. Yep, I'm writing a cookbook and a textbook almost. Uh, Right now it's tentatively titled Going Vegan and I'm writing it with a very healthy eater. And if you guys have followed my blog, if you have read any of my cookbooks, You know that no oil, no salt, no sugar are words I don't even like. They don't even register in my brain. Um, I am a deep fried mama. I mean, I've been known for my comfort foods. I fry things. I coat things in oil. I dip things in earth balance. So um, this whole idea of cooking and eating without oil, salt, and sugar, or white flour, I mean, it's it, it's not even on my radar. But, like I said before, I know that's an important segment of the population. And I know that those people that eat that way for their health, guess what? They're not killing animals either. So the more people we can get on board with this, the better. So one of the ways I'm doing this is I'm writing this book, like I said. Um, my co-author is Jerry Lynn Adams, and she is um, a nutritionist. She has her degree in food science, and she has been eating this way for quite some years now. And it's really interesting to you know watch the way she develops recipes and, and look at the foods that she's creating because her, her style of cooking and her way of life is just so different than mine. Um, But as we start working together, we realize that our goals are very similar. We want people to feel good about what they're putting into their bodies. Now, there are so many different ways that you can feel good about what you're putting into your body. You can feel good about what you're putting into your body because it makes you feel good health-wise because it doesn't make you feel heavy and gross and and overloaded and bloated and swollen and dehydrated and all of those horrible things that are associated with the uh, sad diet Um, or you can feel good about what you're eating because you know no animals were harmed in the process of making your supper Um, it's it's so important to know that that both both of those segments of the vegan population, the end result is the same. No animals were harmed in the making of our suppers. So 
we need to we need to team up instead of fighting each other. Um, we already get a bad reputation for being too strict and and too holier than thou. So when I see comments on my Amazon book reviews as my recipes aren't healthy, guess what, guys? I didn't write them as a health food book. I wrote a comfort food book, or I wrote a veggie burger book, or I wrote a book about giving vegan food gifts. Yeah, guess what? They're not supposed to be healthy. They're supposed to be decadent and delicious and things you might not want to eat every day. But no animals were harmed in the making of those suppers. So let's team up together instead of fight each other. Um, I'm looking for ways to, to make this happen. You know, if you've seen me, if you've met me, you know I'm a bigger girl. Um, in my personal opinion, I wear it well, but I am a bigger girl. Um, so yeah, maybe people look at me and say, oh, you're vegan, but you're so fat. But guess what? Yeah, I wear it well. I was fat before I was vegan. I'm fat now that I'm vegan. I own it. Um, and sure, maybe if I gave up oil and sugar and all of those things, I probably would lose weight. Absolutely. But is that my goal? No, that's not my goal. My goal is to not kill any animals in order to make my supper. So regardless of my size or regardless of anyone's size, if we're not killing any animals and we're not torturing any other sentient beings, then that is the goal. And we are accomplishing that goal, whether we're eating for our health or eating for our ethics. Now, once again, like I've said in the past, I do believe there is a very important place in the vegan community for people to eat for their health. It's very important. There are some people that can can reverse diabetes by going vegan. There are people that can get off of their cholesterol medications by going vegan. There are people that can control all kinds of diet-related illnesses just by giving up meat and dairy and eggs and animal products. But guess what? These guys kind of have to give up the oil and the salt to, you know, cure what ails them through food. And there is nothing wrong with that. The problem comes along when we start judging each other. When we start judging each other for the dietary choices we make, it seems so hypocritical to judge each other on our dietary choices when we're all eating vegan. So you guys that don't eat oil, don't bitch and complain at me because I do. It's none of your business. As long as I'm not killing anybody to make my supper, it's none of your business what I put in my mouth. And guess what? I'm not going to force you to eat vegan donuts, and I'm not going to force you to eat vegan chocolate chip cookies, and I'm not going to force you to eat vegan ice cream, because you don't have to, because I don't care what you're eating as long as you're not killing another animal to make your supper. news you guys you guys you guys finally almond milk creamer i've seen two brands so far so delicious and califia farms i've only tried the califia farms almond creamer in the vanilla flavor but it is so good and so happy that there's finally an almond milk creamer I still buy soy creamer, so I'm excited to finally have an almond option. 
I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with soy, but I do think all things in moderation, and I eat a lot of tofu and other soy products, so if I can just switch out my soy creamer for my coffee with almond milk creamer, that's one less soy product I will be consuming. And let me tell you this, Calafia Farms is really good. It's really creamy, it stirs perfectly well into the coffee, um, it is just quite delicious. It's got a little bit of nuttiness from the almond. I highly recommend it. I also like their almond milk, so I'm not surprised that I like their almond creamer. Corporate giant Unilever, parent company of Hellman's and Best Foods Mayonnaise, has filed a lawsuit against Hampton Creek Foods makers of Just Mayo Vegan Mayonnaise. Their lawsuit claims that Hampton Creek's Foods Just Mayo is misleading consumers because its product has no egg in it. It's also saying that the label is misleading because it has a picture of an egg on it, yet there's no egg in the actual product. A little bit of a background story on Just Mayo. Just Mayo, which is made by Hampton Creek Foods, has a little bit of backing by people like Bill Gates and also some really big investors from overseas that have been pumping money into this company. They have a huge R&D budget and their ultimate goal is to create mainstream foods that replace animal-based foods for cheaper, that tastes just as good, and to put them in front of the mainstream. Hampton Creek Foods was never really out there to be a niche vegan product. They were out there to take over the mainstream products with plant-based products because they believe it's better for the environment and it's better for the world. They're looking to change the future of food with science and using all natural ingredients, using products, that are plant-based instead of animal-based because they know that there's not a sustainable future in animal agriculture. So from the very get-go, they have always went to go to the mainstream stores. And you can find Just Mayo products in Costco, in Target, at Vons and Safeway, even in dollar stores, um, along with Whole Foods and you know the other health food markets, you can find it there too. But you can also find it in your mainstream everyday Vons or Safeway. It's right in line with the regular mayonnaise on the regular aisles of the regular grocery stores. Right next to Hellman's, right next to Best Foods. Being someone who actually works in a grocery store, Just Mayo samples the crap out of their product. They're in stores all the time. Even when I'm shopping on my days off, I go into stores that I don't work at and there's the demo person for Just Mayo, sampling out Just Mayo. They are hitting the streets hard, getting people hooked on their stuff. It's cheaper, it's better for you, and it tastes just as good as traditional mayonnaise that's made with eggs. So here's Unilever, this giant corporation, seeing that this particular product is now their biggest competition. 
I mean, out of all the other brands of mayonnaise and all the other types of mayonnaise out there, this particular one, Just Mayo, is their biggest competition because it sits right next to theirs on the shelf. And let me tell you, if packaging is everything and people buy with their eyes, their packaging's way cuter. I mean, sure, everyone knows the label of Best Foods, but it, if, even if I wasn't vegan and I was walking down the aisle and I needed to buy a jar of mayonnaise, and I saw this adorable jar of just mayo with this cute little plant growing out of the center of the egg um, with the little, you know, earthy brown label and the black lid. So cute, totally, I would totally like to see that in my refrigerator instead of best fans mayonnaise. So their packaging wins, they win on packaging. If someone didn't like it, they wouldn't buy it. You know, you could maybe they would buy it once and never buy it again if they didn't like it. But the truth is the stuff tastes almost the same, if not better, than traditional egg-based mayonnaise. Now the lawsuit is claiming that this is harming customers as well as uh, they're suing for damages and lost profits due to sales that they would have gotten had this product not been there. Um, I don't know, that sounds pretty like corporate giant bully to me because hi this is a free uh, commerce system that we have in America and people vote with their dollars and right now they're voting for just mayo because this lawsuit has made Hellman's and Best Foods and Unilever look like total assholes and um, even if you go to the Hampton Creek website or their, I'm sorry, their Facebook page or their, or their uh, Instagram feed, you can see that they are like fully taking advantage of all the free publicity they're getting out of this lawsuit. And they've said that their sales have increased uh, by 30%. They've sold more than they've ever sold ever since the lawsuit was publicized. So go ahead and take that Unilever. Consumers don't like corporate bullies. And if you're gonna play games like this and be greedy and try to squash the little guy, Customers are voting with their dollars, and what they're saying is they don't want to buy your product because not only are you an asshole, but your product is bad for you. It's bad for the environment. It's bad for the animals. And just mayo tastes better, looks better, is better for the planet, is better for your body. And if I'm not mistaken, I think it's cheaper than your product too. So take that Unilever and shove it up your ass. Within the last couple of days, there's been uh, a report that an LA area restaurant has been approved to sell dog meat on their menu at, um, on the basis of religious grounds. So of course my friends tagged me on Facebook, Joni, Joni, have you heard of this? What do you think about this? What do you think about this? Isn't it disgusting? Can you believe that they're eating dogs? It's so gross. Yeah, it is gross, of course it's gross. But you know what else is gross? Eating a cow. You know what else is gross? Eating a pig. You know what else is gross? Eating a chicken. You know what else is gross? Eating a duck, or a lamb, or a horse, or a rabbit. All of those things are absolutely disgusting. So yeah, I feel it's pretty disgusting to eat a dog. And I'm pretty grossed out that an LA restaurant wants to serve dog meat. 
But I'm no more disgusted by the fact that people want to eat dog than I am disgusted by the fact that people want to eat chicken. It's pretty fucking gross. Next up, I have for you an interview I did in Oakland when I was on my way to Portland for the first leg of my fusion food in the vegan kitchen book tour in early 2014. This interview is with someone you definitely have heard of in the vegan community. She is known as the Urban Housewife. She's also known as the grooviest DJ in all the land. She's also the mastermind and talented makeup artist behind the website Cruelty Free Face. She's also baker extraordinaire and mother to the ever adorable drummer. Please sit back and enjoy this interview with Melissa Elliott. You? Put your seatbelt oh, on. God, I should know better than that. <laughs> Especially in this car, because it starts screaming at you. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I said, I had this car. <laughs> I know it. That was good. That was yummy. Yeah, Timeless is awesome. Um, well, the cool thing about Timeless is the owner, RJ, mm-hmm. who is the person who is um, roasting the coffee in the back. Uh-huh. I talked at the end. I met him because he was working the front desk at a tattoo shop that I got a lot of my work at and I was running Sugar Beet Sweets at the time and he was like hey have you had those cupcakes at Rainbow Grocery and I was like yo I make those cupcakes at Rainbow (laughs) Grocery and he was like hey I am currently like working my way up at Sight Glass Coffee while in addition to working here and I'm going to open a coffee shop in three years like maybe you could do the, the pastry for it and I was like that sounds awesome get back to me in three years <laughs> and I ended up moving away and when I came back he has this coffee shop that's like, the one that's the exact that's one that's so awesome and he it's did an awesome three years shop. and it was exactly exactly three what years a man with a plan I need to talk to yeah, him yeah amazing you know and he's vegan and has been for a long time everyone who works there is vegan like it's it's a really amazing place that's pretty awesome is it legal to make everyone vegan I think he just hires his friends yeah yeah I wonder if there's legalities about that. Like, if I had a vegan business, I would only want to hire vegans. Of course. I think it's something you can't require, but you could just accidentally do. (laughs) Well, doesn't, um, what is that cafe, Cafe Gratitude? Yeah. Don't they, like, require all their employees to be vegan and go to weird retreats? They do require weird (laughs) retreats, but I don't know. Because I can tell you right now that Gracias Madre, the people who work in the kitchen are not vegan. Have you been there? Well, the one here okay. in San Francisco. I go there a lot. Okay. Um, and my friend used to be the kitchen manager there, and they are not vegan. Okay. Like, very much not. Interesting. Um, and I'm not even sure all the servers are, but, you know, who knows. I did I've, I did see a job posting recently that said, must be vegan. Mm. But I think it was on, it was posted on, like, the vegan mainstream board, so they right. felt like they could say it there. I think you could probably get away with it. Like, if you were working at a, I don't know, like a, I don't know, I don't know a good example to come up with. Like, you could require certain things. Well, I feel like... Like, even the girls that work at Hooters have to fit into the Hooters uniform. True. And there's no laws against that. I know, somehow. 
<laughs> Kill some guy Somehow. says he wants to get hired, and then there'll be a lawsuit. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm wondering, <laughs> who, like, who is gonna sue a vegan business, being like, they wouldn't hire me because I'm a vegan. Yeah, go straight. Um, because I feel like if you're not vegan, you wouldn't be desperate to work in a vegan business. True. <laughs> True. Or maybe even want to at all. Yeah. Yeah. Like I really wanted to bring bacon sandwiches, and they wouldn't let me. Um, yeah, because I don't think the people that work at Native Foods are vegan. No, no way. Um, but you know, Native Foods is, isn't even owned by vegans anymore. It's, she doesn't own it anymore. No. I know she, she partnered with a with a restaurant. She group. partnered with a restaurant group and then ended up selling her share and opening an animal sanctuary. What? Yeah. How come I don't know any of this? I didn't know this until I messaged her because I met Tanya at Farm Sanctuary right? a long time ago, and I was like, I'm in Palm Springs. Where are you? I want to see you. Yeah, the last time I went to Palm Springs, Native Foods was closed. Yeah. Um, it's under construction, right? Right. It was under construction when I went as well. And I was like, Tanya, where are you? And she's like, I don't own it anymore. I just, I didn't really make an announcement, but I now have like a little animal sanctuary. Well, that's pretty awesome for her. Isn't that great? And they're still opening more stores, so I guess everybody wins? Everybody wins. <laughs> I mean, Native Foods and Veggie Grill, like, take over. Do it. Open one in every city. I don't care. Be the new Loving Hut. You know that Loving Hut is the... Oh. I know. Loving Hut is the biggest... Yes. The, I, the I don't hate it. food chain or whatever. Like, where am I going? Straight ahead. Straight. Um, yeah, no, I don't... I don't love Loving Hut, but I am thankful they exist as yeah, someone who travels all over the, the world. Yeah, the only option, yeah. I mean, Prague, Vienna, like, uh, there's been plenty of times. I was... I was in this random town in Massachusetts recently, and they had two loving huts. That's awesome. And I was totally fine with it. That's awesome. Got a stomachache, but, you know, that's a whole separate... That's, that's, that's my issue. <laughs> um, yeah. There, I live in South Orange County, and until Veggie Grill just recently opened, yeah. in, within an hour of me, um, Loving Hut was the only vegan place in town. Yeah. We don't uh, have... I mean, obviously, I am in, like, vegan heaven. Oh, I'm going to sneeze. Hold on. <coughs> wow. Um, Bless you. I'm in vegan heaven being in the, the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, but we don't have a veggie grill. There's one in San Jose about an hour away. And so when I go to band practice an hour away, um, I sometimes go down there early so I can eat there. I wish they would do a drive through Oh God! If they drive through, they're they're set up for it. They are, they, their menu is perfect for it. It's true. I have to say though, the, I don't know. Maybe the Southern California locations could do it, but every location I know of doesn't have the capacity. I guess they would have to set out to do it. Right. That's what I mean. Like okay. they should build some standalone joints with dressers. Like that thing over there. Yes. <laughs> Whatever the smoothie shack. Can they make people wear like vegetable costumes or something? Oh my gosh, like, like the bikini baristas. <laughs> or <laughs> like, like on a like hot dog and a stick. Yeah. Like one of those outfits. I kind of always wanted one of those outfits. They don't have them anymore. No? They're, they're like t shirts and little hats. What? They're not the same. Do you think I could find one of those on eBay? Probably. They're and really just, awesome. And just be a hot dog on a stick lady every year for Halloween. You can or be just every lemonade day. pumper. Yes. Because that's not weird. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw that. I was probably a teenager, and I was like, what in the... What is happening? I remember going to the mall and just seeing crowds of teenage boys 
crowded around the hot dog on a stick stand watching the girls pump lemonade. The first time I saw it, it was actually a male doing it, so I was like, I'm so confused. He's like thrusting that lemonade machine. Like, what is happening? I was like, I feel slightly warm, and I don't know why. I haven't quite sorted out my feelings at that point. Um, and this, it's not at this light, but the next light, you're going to make a right. Okay. Uh, so yeah. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> but you could totally find one of those outfits, for sure. Yeah, I want one. I mean, because clearly I have excellent taste in fashion. I, I wear very normal clothing. It must get difficult after a while to try to... Well, I guess there's a lot of vintage shops. To outdo now. myself? It's <laughs> No, just to find clothes. It's... The wardrobe's getting really intense. Like, I've started moving from the, like mid 60s um like super mod thing into like kind of later 60s like not hippie but i do have a pretty amazing like tapestry poncho now nice. and i have like these giant floppy hats i recently bought gold glitter knee-high go-go boots nice. um that are very like space age like they're almost kind of like bowie-esque um yeah it's it's getting intense i feel like at 33, I'm getting more extreme <laughs> than I was before. That's okay. Yeah, I'm totally I feel okay the with same it. way, actually. The older I get, the more, like, extreme my my views, my actions, and my, like, life is. Yeah. It's like the opposite of what's supposed to happen. I don't, I don't want to settle down. down. Me either. I'm not interested in that. What's the point? I ain't got no kids. Yeah, no. no reason to be a role model for nobody. I have one million animals, and that is it. That is all that is required. Am I going to eventually turn left or eventually You are eventually right? going to turn left. Okay. Um, this is going to veer. It's going to split, and you're going to go to the left. Um, we're under the train tracks. We are. We're under the BART tracks. That's one thing that Southern California needs more than anything else is good public transportation. You know. If it was good, I would never drive. It's true, but nobody takes it. Right. So That's they have no reason to upgrade it. Um. I had a friend who lived in Southern California who did not have a car, and I thought she was the craziest person on earth. I was like, I don't understand how you function here without a car. When I lived in Long Beach, I didn't have a car for five years. And how did that go? It was wonderful. I okay. loved it. But my husband had a car. I wasn't married yet, but yeah. he had a car, so if we wanted to go somewhere far, he would drive. Yeah. And I went to work on the bus or walked or rode my bike. I mean, I've had long periods of not having a car. Like, when I left San Francisco and moved to Vienna, Obviously, I didn't right. have a car. In Berlin, I didn't have a car. In New York, I didn't have a car. In San Francisco, when I moved back, I didn't have a car. I have I I moved to Berkeley about ten months ago, um, and that's when I ended up with a car again. Um, because you can totally live here without a car. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, there's a huge public transportation problem here in San Francisco area that people don't realize, our train system stops at midnight. Ah, that's no good. No, it's pointless. So, I was living in Berkeley. That's right. Yeah. I was living in Berkeley and DJing in San Francisco till 2 a.m. And have to call cabs again. And home? then, well, I just refused. I would just right. live at friends' houses. But then that's also difficult because I have animals at home. You know, I'm not trying to leave Strummer alone overnight. Right. So, then I'm like spending the night and then just coming back like on the first train, first train back, home. basically. Um, there is a bus, 
And everyone's like, just take the night bus. And it drops off right in front of my house. But every single person who said take the night bus is like, you will get harassed. Yeah. Like, someone might follow you yeah. back to your house. And I'm like, yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. So, no, we don't have, after midnight, it's almost impossible here. And that's a big reason I got There's enough people to support after hours trains. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think part of the problem is BART, the BART trains are already kind of expensive. I think round trip from my house to, like, let's just say downtown San Francisco is like $8 or something, which is not terrible. But if you look at New York, that's like $2 each way or whatever, and you can go as far as you want right. to. This is based on distance. It also takes like... It's based on distance? It's based on distance. Yeah. Each stop costs more yeah, that's money. Lame. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> totally so, from my house, it's like a 45-minute BART ride, and then I'm paying $8 when I can drive my car in 15 to 20 minutes. And it's only 5 bucks to go across the bridge. It's anywhere from 4 to 6 Right. So yeah. It can be cheaper. I mean, and then I have my car once I'm in the city right. to go do all the things I want to do. Right. So, for a city that tries to be progressive about transportation... They're really not. They're really not. I mean, the great thing is there's things like Lyft and Uber and, like, all these ride-sharing options. I love that that people are taking away the power from, like... Cab companies. Or anything. Like, yeah. the corporations in general or, or the city or whatever. But we're you guys still are stepping paying out. for these things. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's not that much cheaper than a cab. Yeah. That's so, true. that's part of the problem. I do know that... Um, I think it's called Queer Cab. We have, one thing that we have that's in Oakland and San Francisco, they had, each one has different names, but um, the, the gay community has really rallied to make sure that their community gets home safely, mm -hmm. and there's these numbers you can call where you'll get a ride home, and I think they charge a dollar a mile, okay. um, something along those lines. That's reasonable. Yeah, totally reasonable. And if for some reason you don't have the money, they'll just they'll still take you. They just want to make sure that you, <coughs> you know, get home safely. Because, you know, it's not always safe for gay people, trans people, you know, to walk home from a BART station late at night or get on a bus late at night. Um, so I think it's really amazing that there's this sense of community where they're making <coughs> sure that people get home safely. Like, I, I actually want to drive for them. Um, That's awesome. I was looking into it because, yeah, I want to make sure, you know, like being queer myself, I'm like, I want people in my community to get home safely. For sure. Yeah. Is it called Queer Cab? I don't know. I have, <laughs> I, I have to look it up. Or maybe my car is just going to be the Queer Cab. I there don't you know. go. <laughs> it's probably fun to meet people that you pick up. Yeah, yeah. So I drive for Lyft sometimes. Um, it's a great way to supplement your income. You make anywhere from 15 to $30 an hour, depending nice. on how busy it is. I tend to average out a little closer to like 30 an hour, which is great. Um, I tend to drive just like four hours at a time, um, just kind of like a cash grab. It's really interesting the people you meet. Like sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're quiet and awkward. Sometimes they do things like try and kiss you, and that is terrible. <laughs> um, and you like rate them one star, and you never have to see them again. But uh, so you rate your 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 fares as low as they rate you. Yes. Nice. Yeah. So if you give them below a three, you'll never see them again. Totally self self uh, policing. Yeah. 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 So below a three, you'll never see them again. I had this crazy guy who like first kissed my hand, then kissed my cheek, and his friends were like egging him on in the back, and then 
as he came around the car, he tried to stick his head in the window and like fully make out with me. And I just like put my hand on his face and just like pushed him out. I was like, go. <laughs> it's terrible. It's like, that is an unfortunate side effect of being a female. Right. Driving right. people around. I Even in a progressive area. Even in a progressive area, you know, I am pretty consistently asked by drunk people. Because I do the night shifts because they pay the most. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all, the, the pay is not like a set pay, it's based on the rides you get and how far they're going and all these things, but at night it's really busy. That's when people take rides. Right. So I can make, I last Friday, I made 37 an hour. Nice. You know, so am I going to deal with drunks? Hell yeah, I'm going to deal with drunks for $37 an hour. Um, so it's re- it's really unfortunate that a byproduct of being a female driving these is that, you know, I will constantly be asked, do you have a boyfriend? Do you have a boyfriend? Do you want to come upstairs with us? We're still partying. Come party with us. <laughs> you know, and it's such, like, a testament to how, like, women are still seen as objects. Right. You know, like, I, I could get so heavy about that topic. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's really frustrating. Because for the most part, I will say, 95% of my fares are completely respectful. That's awesome. Um, and, like, really nice and... You know, there's even been people that I'm like, we should hang out, you know, because they're, they're really awesome. But, um, you know, there's always, like, that bad apple that, that spoils the bunch, yeah, you know. Always. Yeah, there's always got to be one. And I also think that with the, the rapidly changing community in San Francisco, with the gentrification, with the tech industry, there's this new sense of entitlement mm. because people are paying three grand for an apartment mm-hmm. by themselves and they're making six figures, and there's a bus that drives them to work, mm-hmm. and there's a bus that takes them home at night and feeds them free food, and, they, like, basically their life is so easy beyond the fact that they work, like, 12 hours a day, but there's just this, um, let's make a left here, yeah, there's just a sense of entitlement right, now. now. Nice. There's a sense of entitlement now that people think that they should be, you know, they should get to do whatever they want. I was DJing a night, and this group of tech people came in and basically some guy opened the bar tab and offered to pay for everyone's drinks but then was a total jackass to everyone uh, and like made it a nightmare tried to get me thrown out i was the dj <laughs> um told me he was gonna get me thrown he's like what's your name i'll be right back and i was like you're i oh, okay um you know was harassing women and like putting his hands on them and just thought he's like i'm just trying to have a good time i'm paying for drinks for everyone I'm like, I do not understand what that has to do with you being an asshole. You being an asshole, right. yeah. Um, you know, I very much love living here, and I, I love how progressive it is, and I forget how progressive it is until I go other places. I mean, living in Vienna, um, Vienna, Austria is very conservative, and I had no clue. I got there, and it was like What a culture shock, shock yeah. Because I thought, Europe, Europe's progressive, right. Nope, not at all. Like, I had an Arab boyfriend at one point and people would like spit at us and sneer at us. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I, it was very, <laughs> it was like, I am not in San Francisco anymore. Holy crap. So yeah. <laughs> Yikes. That's crazy. I can't imagine Yeah. being around people that are just so close-minded. However, I am about to embark upon a go through the Midwest and go through all those places where I'm sure that it is not nearly as I live in a bubble in yeah. Southern California. Yeah. I think in, in any major city we live in bubbles, but we don't realize how 
how bad it still is in other parts of the country and the world. You know what I like about the Midwest, though? People are much nicer. Yeah. In general. In general. Until you start talking about politics. That's the thing. It's like, it's once you get into discussions, they will use words and phrases that you're like, whoa, whoa. People are not Oriental. Rugs are. You need to calm down with that shit. You don't use that word anymore. Yeah, that is not a thing. So, you know, it's, but it's also, you know, they just, they don't know, or they don't care. I right. don't know. Um, get in the right lanes. You're gonna. Oh, I'm on the other side. Okay. Um. But yeah, no, people are super nice though. Like I've considered moving to Chicago many times because people are really nice. Yeah, I know it's really cold, but you know, I lived in Europe in the yeah. in the winter. But it's one of the last cheap places that there's a lot of things going on. Yeah. I have tons of friends there, and you know, there's nights I could DJ, and there's there's things for me to do there. And there's good. You're going to need to turn after this light. I'm chestnut. I don't care if people know where I live. I'll let it out. I don't care. I'm not going to... I'm moving out. <laughs> Goodbye, let chestnut Oh, I'm going to have to go around the block. That's fine. Damn you, everyone. Uh, Damn you, big orange truck. I know. But what are you? You're giving us the road rage. Not really. <laughs> Foster's Freeze. Have you seen one of those? Like, There's like a bunch down by where I Are there? They like basically disappeared in the Bay Area. So when I thought, I was like, whoa. I used to go when I was a kid. Chocolate dip cone. Yeah, exactly. Can someone like... Do that? Yeah. Thank you. Well, someone's done it. Like vegan for sure. But like, can someone like make a Foster's Freeze for vegans? I didn't TCB, TCB, TCBY? I think TCBY? that's what it is. Yeah. Just launched almond, almond milk. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I saw that. So... I haven't seen it yet. People are so torn, right? Because they're like, it's still, it's silk is owned by a dairy company. And like, granted, I would never buy silk soy milk because of that. Well, because of that, but also because, you know, I live in a place where I don't have to. Right. You know, I fully understand that there are people that um, have no other option. Right. If silk soy milk is your only option, I would rather you drink that than just not... Right. Yeah, they've also joined up with the non-GMO project so that, you know, that they only use non-GMO That's stuff. Good. That's yeah, a great yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they're not perfect. Everybody's owned by someone else. It's so, it's so everything's so deep. Have you seen that chart? It, it makes me, like, the saddest ever. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, everything is owned by something. It is. Everything is owned by something, and it's one of those things where you have to do the best that you can, and yeah. you can't well, and then, feel like, guilty about there it. There are amazing vegan businesses out there. I mean, you, we both know tons of amazing people who own vegan businesses, but if I only ate foods from them, I would eat a whole lot of processed food. Right. And be like, really? And where are they buying their stuff from? You never know. You, you know? know? Yeah. So I, I'm sure they do the best they can, but again, it's... Veganism is not about being perfect. About it's about doing the best you can by its very definition. Yeah. And that's why the vegan police make me sad. It does make me sad too. Drummer, what do you think of the vegan police? Yeah, you don't make noise, so. I promise to take pictures, Drummer, in her adorable little outfit to put with this. She she does look pretty cute in her little raincoat. <laughs> All right, well we're here. All right, we made it. Yay! My taxi. <laughs> My ride share. <laughs> that was fun. So I am on Highway 99, just outside of Fresno. I really haven't gotten that far from home. 
but far enough to realize that I don't like what I'm looking at as I drive down this highway. This is um, really livestock heavy, and it's really depressing. Um, there are so many cows out here. Oh, it's uh, heartbreaking. Um, I'm constantly pulling up alongside livestock trucks. I just passed a, what's called a livestock market that just had hundreds of thousands of cows. Um, my goodness, it's really, it's really depressing. I remember when I was a small child, if I would go on road trips with my mom or my grandparents, and we would drive through farmland, and uh, we'd see cows off the side of the road, and I'd get so excited, oh, look at the cows, look at the cows. I had no idea back then why they were there and what was going to happen to them. Um, as an adult and as a vegan and as a compassionate person, I can't help but break down when I drive through these neighborhoods, these death camps. It's really super offensive and super depressing. Um, God. It's, I think I've been living in my vegan bubble too long to where I don't um, get out there enough to talk to people, and so I'm really glad I'm doing this. It's going to give me an opportunity to uh, be out in the world and see you know, what's going on outside of my, you know, my own life bubble. But man, this is this is tough. I love driving and I love uh, road tripping, but driving through here is it's disgusting. It really is disgusting, and it uh, hurts my soul. I finally went to I Love Vegan. It's the new vegan Thai place in Long Beach. It's in a crazy little area that I never been to before um, on Pacific Street. Uh, I was super stoked to actually go there since I have never been on that stretch of road before. Cute little neighborhood, bunch of Spanish style houses, old houses, and um, Pacific Street is like the main street that runs through it. And it's just in the like a nondescript storefront. And you walk inside, and it's pretty big. Um, if you wanted to bring a group of six or eight people in there, you definitely could sit down comfortably. Um, they have weird hours. They close for a few hours in the afternoon and then reopen for dinner. Uh, prices are very reasonable. It's very clean. Uh, kind of got a modern vibe to it in the inside and the decor. Uh, the menu is pretty much what you would expect at a Thai restaurant soups, noodles, uh, some appetizers. I got the pad thai, of course, because you have to get the pad thai when you go to a Thai place. Uh, and I also got a different dish. I can't remember the name of it now. It's going to make me mad. Um, that I brought home later to have for dinner. And it was also good, but a little sweet, not spicy enough for me. But they did have chili sauce, so I just added that to it, and all was well. Uh, it's really good. I highly recommend it. It's called I Love Vegan, which is an amazing thing to have on a giant sign facing the street in Long Beach. I Love Vegan in Long Beach. It's a very good 
do vegan Thai place and I highly recommend it. Vegan Road Rant! Hey guys, we're coming up on Thanksgiving and that means there are a lot of um, new and fun and tried and true options for your holiday meals to be able to enjoy a traditional sit down Thanksgiving dinner with your family but without having to have a giant dead bird in the middle of your table. Um, in the past I've made my own roasts. I've done a festivus loaf which was like kind of like a seitan wrapped type food. Um, I've done seitan roasts. I've done tofu roasts. But I've been having a lot of fun lately trying um, all the store-bought varieties, you know, of course you've got tofurkey, and you can pretty much get that at any um, health food store, even some of the mainstream grocery stores are carrying those now, so you can always go with the traditional tofurkey roast, um, but there are some other fun ones out there, there's field roast, which is a grain meat, and you can get their celebration roast almost year-round, you can find that um, in the frozen food section, but they also have the uh, field roast on kraut, which is their traditional grain meat stuffed with uh, like cranberry and pecan stuffing and then wrapped in puff pastry, kind of like a Wellington. Um, and that's pretty good. There's some new ones I haven't tried yet. Um, I saw Gardine has a turkey type roast with stuffing and it's also breaded, kind of like a I don't know if you ever had those when you were little or before you were vegan from Costco. They had these, um, like, frozen chicken cordon blues. They were, like, breaded pressed chicken stuffed with cheese and ham. That's the way I think of the Gardein stuffed turkey, except for instead of being filled with cheese and ham, it's like a pressed turkey-like uh, vegan meat wrapped around stuffing and then breaded. And that one's pretty delicious. Um, Trader Joe's has a version of that, too. I am um, suspicious that it might also be made by Gardein, but who knows. Um, so there's the Trader Joe's turkey list breaded uh, stuffed roast. Um, but my favorite thing, it, it's kind of weird, it's kind of novelty, tastes all right, tastes better than I expected it to do, was the Vegetarian Plus Vegan Whole Turkey. This thing is the silliest looking thing you ever did see. It is. It looks like a turkey. It looks like a plucked turkey. It is got legs and wings and a hole in the butt so you can shove stuffing up the butt um, and before you bake it. We got this thing for Christmas a couple years ago and made it. Pre I pretty much bought it because I just thought it was so hysterical looking that why not give it a shot. And it actually turned out pretty good. Um, I think that's what we're going to do again this year just because this year for the first time ever um, we're having a completely uh, vegetarian Thanksgiving at our house um, at the very last minute my husband's family um, asked if we would be interested in hosting Thanksgiving because um, my sister-in-law is getting ready to have a baby the same week of Thanksgiving and um, they're all going to be busy new mom's going to be busy new auntie's going to be busy New grandma's going to be busy. So, me and Dan, we don't have kids. Sure, we'll handle it. We'll take care of it. But, 
The rule we have in our house is no turkey, no meat in our house. No meat can even come in the front door. So, I think we're going to get one of those whole vegan turkeys just just for the comical comical aspect as well as the you know the traditional aspect of someone who's used to having an actual turkey on their table at Thanksgiving we will have a big one so those are my tips for what you can put in the center of your table um, if you have a family with a sense of humor go with the vegan whole turkey if you're looking for something really really tasty I would say probably go with either the Gardein um, breaded stuffed turkey roast or the Tofurky roast or the field roast on kraut. Those would probably be my three favorites for, for flavor. Um, but don't forget to make your stuffing. You can always get um, packaged stuffing. I know Whole Foods makes a vegan packaged stuffing. In fact, if you don't want to cook this year, Whole Foods has a couple of vegan whole meals already prepared that you can buy. The, I think it's like a vegan meal for four for like 70 bucks. So that's an option as well. There's tons of options for vegan gravy. I just posted on my website not too long ago um, a recipe for pepper gravy, which is really versatile. You can use it for biscuits and gravy in the morning, or you can use it on your mashed potatoes. Um, oh, I almost forgot. Gardein also has a breaded turkey breast, I guess. I don't know what they're calling it. It's, it, it's, it's, it's really flat and thin and breaded, and it is great with mashed potatoes and gravy. So if you want to use that for your your main course as well that's awesome and it also makes really good sandwiches the next day um i am i hope you have a wonderful and happy thanksgiving and i hope you're as lucky as i am that your family is as accepting of your vegan habits as my husband's is and happy no turkey thanksgiving well there you have it the first of what i hope to be many episodes of vegan road rants Thanks for riding along. See you next time. You've been listening to Vegan Road Rants with Joni Marie Newman. To find out more about me and veganism, head on over to my website, justthefood.com. Click on the podcast tab to find show notes and links to all the stories we talked about in today's episode. You can follow me on Twitter at Joni Marie Newman. Like me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Joni Cooks Vegan. Extra special thanks to Mr. Michael Semino for providing the amazing theme song and sound bites for this podcast, as well as to Scott McClymans for providing the amazing artwork. Remember, it is never okay to murder or torture another living being just for a tasty supper.